Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne and Coach Kyle. Hello, and you might everyone. hear Carly in the back. Carly, Carly, uh, the dog in the background, our mascot. Yeah, mascot of the podcast, the official the Soccer Podcast mascot. Um, yeah. So, uh, Dwayne and Kyle, let's talk about uh, let's talk about last week. Or last Saturday, more more specifically, um, three v three tournament. Off, Dwayne. Man, that three v three tournament was it just last week. It was just last week. It was a week <laughs> from yesterday, or a week from tomorrow. Sorry. Um, not a great event. We had, a, like I said, we had close to um, eighty teams show up. Um, it, we uh, definitely enjoyed it. It was awesome. A lot of players um, were competitive. We got to, you know, have some travel coaches identify some players there. Um, but yeah, just a very competitive, smooth running tournament. Great end of season. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. Stevie three. There goes the mascot. <laughs> um, yeah, we also um, added in um, a discovery age group this year, kind of a u5 u6 age group so that was new for the year um and from a discovery program standpoint it kind of you know there was a, a couple purposes for trying to get them involved one was to make them part of the event so they can see kind of the bigger picture of the recreational side um also like leading into um you know a more formal uh soccer environment um and then also um, for those older players, kind of taking all the pieces we've been trying to put together, um, you know, learning the rules of the game, working on some of the technical side and just keeping it super fun. But then, you know, what we talked about on the, on the weekend was, you know, now you're, you're playing real soccer, you know, that's the term we used. You guys are playing real soccer now. Um, so, uh, had a good turnout with the discovery group, um, Again, making the focus of it being on, you know, having a lot of fun around, you know, the sport of soccer. Um, so it was a little less formal than um, even the 3v3 tournament by design. Um, so, but uh, we divided the kids up into designated teams and and let them go out there and play in three or four games and, and see how they do. And it was a really, really cool um, you know, from the coach's side of things to kind of see, you know, the, the players out there, you know, putting to use all the things they've been working on. So really cool event. And you couldn't beat the weather. I mean, for this time of year, getting that type of weather for an end of season tournament was was pretty, pretty awesome. Gotta love 70 degrees. Um, I will say that as a parent, um, I I did really enjoy it because uh, I got to just sit there and, and watch my daughter play. Um, it was a really good time. I thought you know, she, she was, you know, she was super excited with the team that she had. She had a, she had a really good time. Um, I don't think at one point she ever really asked me if they were winning or losing. She didn't care. Uh, she just wanted to play, um, you know, and have fun with her teammates. She was worried if one of her teammates fell and she wanted to make sure that they got, you know, we were, so we were talking about boundaries of like personal space and like things like that with her. But ultimately at the end of the day for her, it was just a really good experience or to just play. And have fun. Um, I think sometimes my my always my my pushback with a three v three has always been the 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 at times unnecessary competitiveness that people get into. 
mm-hmm. um, with the three v three, and and not that it's not you know we don't want kids to win or compete or things like that, but sometimes as adults we get to we we sometimes look at the game as something more than it needs to be, um, and the reality for for anybody on that field it should just be a fun game where you get to play and it's a little different um, than than maybe your recreational season, but at the same time. You know it that that environment doesn't shouldn't have to change right at any level really, um. So so I was I was happy with the fact that you know we you know there was minimal issues as far as as you know, um as far as I know there was minimal issues, in general everybody behaved um which was good, um. Yeah, it's more about the and I kind of put this in the coaches meeting. It's about the kids. You know, it's not about us. You know, our time has passed. We can join an adult league, um. If you want me to refer you to an adult league I'll, I'll find you an adult league but i mean it's really about the kids and being able to compete for something um and have fun while doing it right um i mean i i commend the older age groups they you know the u14 boys and girls i got to watch a little bit of both finals and you know a lot of those kids that grown up in our rec program they know each other they've seen each other they might go to school with each other and you know, at the end of the game, you know, they were all, it wasn't like, oh, you beat us or like, there was no like any, you know, arguments. It was just like, hey, good game. Thanks. You guys beat us on, you know, actually both of those finals were upsets on the two number one seeds were undefeated going into both of those games and both number one seeds lost to a team. I don't think was the number two, but like a team that had upset all the way up. So, you know, it was just. It's just good to see that kind of stuff. No, and that's that's ultimately what we want, right? You want you want kids to just have fun, find that competitiveness that they that everyone's looking for, um, and then be able to go home happy. Enter the three v three Hall of Fame. There you go. Um, so yeah, so that was that was that was a really good Saturday. It was fun. Um, so I enjoyed it just because again I got to just watch my my kid play, so it was nice. Um, and then um. You know, we have ID sessions coming up for Delaware Union this coming weekend. Um, we, you know, Monday and Wednesday are the boys, uh, 2015s through 2011s from 6 to 7.15. And then from 7 to 8.30 are the 2010s through um, high school age boys. Same schedule, but Tuesday and Wednesday for the girls. Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday and Thursday for the girls. Yeah. Yep. All in Middletown Village. So uh, you can find out more by visiting DelawareUnion.com. Slash rep. All right. There you go. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, other things that are coming up or that have happened. Um, uh, Dwayne and I went to the DYSA uh, recognition night or award ceremony or whatever you want to call it uh, on Wednesday night. Whatever uh, you want to call it, it's very appropriate. <laughs> um, so it was the it was a culmination of two different years, uh, two different award ceremonies for 2021 and 2022. Um, I, you know, we had a really, really good Delaware Union representation. Um, you know, Hector Santiago won a boys recreational coach of the year for 2022. Um, and then he coached a U14 boys team, right? I mean, yep. Yep. Um, and then, uh, coach Anthony DiRienzo won 2021 boys competitive coach of the year. And I had won the administrator of the year for 2021. So, Overall, I think it was a really cool. It was a really cool time to be there. 
you know, we we got to sit in a in a room with a bunch of people from the state of Delaware who um for the most part get along, I think. Um Yeah, there were no arguments there. Everybody liked each other. No, everybody liked each other. Everyone had a good time. <clears throat> um and we got to hear some fun stories. Um from, oh, man. so so they also do a Hall of Fame induct induction. Uh so three people were inducted to the to the DYSA Hall of Fame. Uh Jim Natalie uh was inducted as a former DYSA president. And he talked about uh and you might like this, uh Kyle. He talked about how he went um to the US soccer convention, but it was a US USA US YSA yeah convention back in the what 80s or 70s yeah back in like the 70s late 70s early 80s around there and um so delaware had four votes and uh and uh he were you know he was like waiting it out to see what other states were coming over to to you know see what what offers they had for their four votes (laughs) (laughs) and they ended up with like twenty thousand dollars in odp gear well, that's, that brings us back to the topic of the Netflix documentary that I just brought up before the start of the call, the new FIFA documentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. Uh, that's, where, that's where Delaware ODP started. <laughs> just picked it in ODP, your hands are dirty. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, so it was really cool. It was really cool to be there. I think, you know, as, as, I, as I've learned more and more about the Delaware Youth Soccer Association, um, through my years here, I've, I've really, um, you know, learned to appreciate what the association does and also its value um, and how important it is for, for the future of Delaware soccer in general. Um, so a big shout out to, to Terry and Laura uh, who, who run DYSA and big shout out to, to the board of directors at, uh, at DYSA. And all the Delaware representation from Delaware union. Including you, Sebastian. I think it it is to be noted that the amount of behind the scenes that goes into just everything, whether it be, you know, the at the state association level, um, you know, the the club level, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get there, we're at the training fields. And I think you any soccer person you ask, what we love love to do most is probably coach, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you were to ask anybody that's in this business we love to be at the fields. We love to be coaching. Um, it just, it's so much bigger than that. So, um, you know, this, I think this type of event recognizes or at least brings to light all that goes on. You don't just show up to fields and there's refs there. There's kids ready to play, right? It's so much more than that. So starts, it starts and ends with, uh, Laura. (laughs) It does. does You ain't getting on the field. You ain't getting on the field without Laura. No, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you try to get on the field without Laura, bro. Watch out. Yeah, but even if you look at this weekend with us going to Falston, right? You you apply for the turn, and we've talked to this, you know, during some of our parent education stuff when we talk about trying to what tournaments are we going to go to. The fact that it's not a there's not a guarantee. We don't know, you don't know what what the accepted teams list is or the apply. So like just the whole process of of what goes into it. And now we got an email just before the podcast about the weather for the weekend and you know possible changes of locations like. The fun part is showing up at nine o'clock and, and kicking off and playing soccer. But I mean, if we look at this weekend, you know, what we're going to be doing with some of our teams, um, it's been, you know, a three month process, you mm-hmm. know, for, for a single weekend with changes along the way, um, you know, player availability, team selection, you know, 
exception to the tournament, to the going to the tournament. Um, it, there's a lot that goes into it, um, you know, that, that I think goes unrecognized sometimes, but it's, you know, without that, you're, you're not playing tomorrow morning. Yeah. Right. And from the parent side too, right. The, you know, the getting of the, ho- you know, the reserving of the hotels and getting there and shuffling schedules. And we have parents that have kids on multiple teams and multiple sports. And, um, you know, we were sitting there last night with a parent that was talking about how, you know, his son just finished up football as one daughter was in dance and juggling the soccer schedule. So, um, you know, there's just a lot that goes into it, but ultimately the fun part is, you know, when we roll the ball out and, and the game happens, but there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of work that goes in, um, from everybody to get to the point where we're playing soccer. Yeah. And I think that's the, that's a part that, that that's the dirty work that a lot of people don't want to do. Right. Um, so no, it was, it was a really cool night. Um, I'm, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, you know, just got to spend time with some friends. Um, luckily, you know, Anthony survived the night. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dwayne, Dwayne almost Shout out him. to them bacon wrapped scallops. <laughs> Dwayne almost <laughs> killed them. Uh, so it was a good time. <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, before we move on to the, before we get into world cup, uh, rosters and all this other stuff. Uh, Kyle, Duane, and I have a piece of business that we got to take care of. So, um, oh so, and we'll, we might we might send you a copy of this and let you do it and see what how you end up with this. But so, Duane and I have. Let me start my uh, bracket. No, you can't. Uh, oh, you're trying to back out now. Ah. No, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, Duane and I both have a World Cup a spreadsheet with every World Cup game. And it's an Excel, so it automatically populates. So we've gone through every group stage match and predicted scores, each of us separately. So we've done it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and we are now up to the semifinals. Oh, boy. Uh, so, um, Dwayne, do you want to give Kyle a quick recap of what your quarterfinal teams were? Yeah, my quarterfinal teams, I had uh, Netherlands playing Netherlands playing Poland, Germany playing Brazil, the U.S. playing France, and Spain playing Ghana. Okay. My quarterfinals were USA against Argentina, Spain against Brazil, England against Poland, and Belgium against Uruguay. Um, So my semifinals is Argentina-Brazil and Poland against Belgium. I like it. I've got Poland versus Germany. And USA versus Ghana. Where's Belgium? They got the boot, man. They uh, <laughs> they lost to Spain. Yeah, in around the sixteen. All right. So, um, in my semifinal, Argentina, Brazil. I'm not gonna try to overcomplicate this, um, because this is a rematch. This is a rematch. Yeah. Um, my issue with this is that I've yet to talk about what potentially could happen by me mentioning this result. So like, I'm going to struggle. I, I didn't think this through towards the end. I've I in, in so many years finding out that Argentina's made the world cup and all this other stuff. And this world cup, I've yet to say the actual word. So I don't know how I'm going to, I'll find a way to say it as we get there. Um, but so Ar- in the country, if you say the wrong words, it's also true. Uh, so Argentina, I have Argentina. I'm going to have Argentina beating Brazil one nothing. I'm going to keep it, keep it calm and collected. 
Well, I have a rematch too of some sort. We're not going to go into the historical context of Poland. Do not Poland. do this because you tried this once before and it did not go well. Oh, of Poland playing Germany, you know. We'll go back, you know, 80 no, years. No, no, just just two one. I'm gonna say Germany pulls it out, but Lewandowski still getting bucket. Still scores. Still scores. Still scoring. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think he got thrown out on purpose just so he could be ready to go. Get some rest. Get thrown out 31 minutes in. Get yep. extra 60 minutes of rest time. Uh, plus the extra week. Um, all right. So my second semifinal is Poland, Belgium. Um, and I'm going to say that this final golden generation, this last shot for the golden generation of Belgium soccer that I've always loved. And for whatever reason, I have a soft spot for uh, pulls it out three to two. I'm going to, oh, not 32, three to two. Three to two. I the love that prediction, Sebastian. Love that prediction. I mean, I got faith in Kevin De Bruyne, but I think the rest of them are kind of washed. Romelu, Romelu's going to be ready to go, but I'm hamstring in game. No, two. he'll pull the hamstring. I'm okay with him pulling his hamstring 90 minutes into that game, so he can't play <laughs> after he's already. Romelu Lukaku is the Belgian version of Josie Altidore. Oh, <laughs> no, that's that's a low blow, man. He's better, but he is. Oh, that's low. Um. Listen, the hamstrings are anything to joke about. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So what's your set? What's your second semifinal there? Yeah, USA Ghana, man. Rematch. Oof. US wants the smoke. All right. So what what's your prediction? So, one nothing. I'm gonna say it probably goes into extra time. Actually, no, nah, I'm gonna change that because I found out that uh, Ghana has a player. I'm gonna go two one. You know who plays yeah. for Ghana? Who's Ghana's player? Inaki Williams. Oh, oh, that's right. He changed it. Mm-hmm. His brother got His, selected. For like the, yeah, I was going to talk about that later today. But yeah, I forgot that he changed because he didn't play more than they three matches. Potentially play match. each other. That's crazy. Yeah, be cool. So uh, I got US going all the way, baby. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll do the finals next week, considering that the World Cup starts next Sunday. Um, Dwayne, you realize you have to score goals to win soccer games, right? That's why Pulisic is going to play that false nine and score goals. Okay. All right, All right, let's go ahead and move on to that. We might as well, right? All right, so <laughs> the the USA roster was announced. Um, in typical USA fashion, it was announced on ESPN2. <laughs> ESPN Plus. And ESPN2. Uh, it was on regular ESPN. I, was, I had to like log on to ESPN Plus. I was no, scrambling. No, it was the Ocho. <laughs> yeah, it was on the Ocho. The Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in typical US, uh, USA format, uh, had to go, had to do a whole song and dance. Couldn't do just do a little creative video like others have done. Um, had to have some sort of a crowd cheering for people and then showing up some players. Yeah, the crowd was rowdy <laughs> because there was people that you brought you you allowed people to come in that were going to cheer for whoever you brought in. They were drunk. they were drunk. That's what it was. I mean, you could have you could have said. You know, starting at center and midfield or uh, midfield, it's going to be, you know, Michael Bradley. And they would have been like, yeah, Michael Bradley. Uh. <laughs> it would have been ridiculous. Like, there wasn't going to, no one's going to boo. Uh, and if they were, they would have edited it out before the broadcast was done. And that person would have been taken out. <laughs> well, good thing I didn't get the invite. Yeah, that would have been bad. Um, all right. So, um, goalkeepers. Uh, so, Ethan Horvath. Sean Johnson and Matt Turner get selected, um, leaving out the who was the potential the staple for for 
Burholder for a long time and who we everyone thought was going to be the the future of US soccer from a goalkeeper's perspective following Tim Howard. Uh Zach Steffen was out. So crazy man because he went on loan and he did everything right. Yeah. Chose to chose to leave instead of stay at City. Um so I think Burhalter's a city fan. Is that why he's mad? <laughs> mad. Um yeah. So, up, um so uh, I mean, I, I think ultimately, like regardless, I think you know those are three options that are solid. You got three options that are that are really solid. Obviously, two playing um, in England, and you got Sean Johnson playing for NYCFC. Man, Sean Johnson's last game, he got poured on though. <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. Um, I mean, when, you, when Corey Burke is scoring goals on you, <laughs> we got to talk. Um, but Matt Turner's gone yeah. some time at at Arsenal. He's seen a little time there. Yeah, I mean Matt Turner's a great out. I mean, it's it's one he's of those things. Back from, he's he's injured though. So he's working he back. back. He was back on the he was back last weekend, I think. Was he? I think so. He was on the bench. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think the way you look at it, I mean, goalkeeping's always been an area for us that we're okay. I don't think the difference between Zach Steffen and Matt Turner is going to ultimately decide our World Cup fate, right? <laughs> Something like, I mean, it might. it's going to be on. It ain't going to be on the other side of the field, though. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it's our fate's going to just you know depend on our midfield and can we put the ball in the back of the net? You know, we have goalkeepers that any of those goalkeepers on the right day is is a quality choice. Um, um, defenders. So this is where obviously in this podcast we're going to have a very huge. Disagreement with Mr. Bearholter, uh, because Mark McKenzie was left off the roster. Um, but Cameron Carter Vickers, Serginio Desk, Aaron Long, Shaq Moore, Tim Ream, Anton Robinson, Joe Scally, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman get into the roster. Tim Ream, who hasn't played for the US national team in over a year, makes it into the World Cup's roster. Or Aaron Long, who's left unprotected by his club team and said, hey, anybody can have him. Yep. And not only was Tim Ream added to the roster, but with high praise from Burkholder. Like, not just like he's going to be on there, but like he's... I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's a captain of Fulham. Right. Uh, he plays every minute. Like, I get I get all that. The question is, is again, is a 35-year-old going to... Um, right. Going to be the the... The saving grace for it. Now, Grant, I mean, Argentina has a 35-year-old center back starting in the World the Cup. Same, so. They say no Tiago Silva. Yeah. It's also I, I think that's been our question. Silva. I think that's been the question for yeah, a while now. Is just going to play in there with Walker Zimmerman? And I still don't know if we have an answer and we're, you know, closing in on you know yeah. the tournament. And it's a huge question mark there. Huge, huge question mark there. Um, In the midfield. Well, I think Carter Vickers has played solid this year, right? He's had a solid for Celtic, yeah. For Celtic, I mean, again, another good move at the beginning of the year to kind of just make sure ensure that you're getting playing time, yeah, for the World Cup. But I mean, you know, we love these guys that are born overseas, but I'd like to see some more, you know, Americans in here. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, you got South End on Sea, England. You got uh, the Netherlands. You got uh. Anthony Robinson from Liverpool. 
some more Americans, man. There's they are. Guys. They technically are. That's round they wouldn't be allowed to play. Well, you need you need some more region one guys in there. Region one guys. <laughs> um, uh, in the midfield, we got Brendan Aronson, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Luca De La Torre, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, and then Christian Roldan. Um, interesting that Brendan Aronson is listed as a midfielder. Uh, yeah. I find that interesting considering that Gio Reyna is listed as a forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Ultimately, you know, positions change. Um, Kellen Acosta becoming the Sebastian Legette of the, uh, of the World <laughs> Cup. Uh, well, you need a ML, you need an MLS champion on the roster, right? You can't you can't go to the World Cup and say, well, our team that just won the championship doesn't have a single American on the World Cup roster. Yeah, you need a guy that can that can play every position possible. Even if one of the goalkeepers gets hurt, he can jump in there. You need <laughs> you need somebody like that, and that is Kellen Acosta. Uh, <laughs> I mean, with that last name, how can you go wrong, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he's not bad. He, I mean, he is better than Sebastian Legette. I will give you that. He probably he's probably going to be the player that's going to be you know a 10, 15 minute a, a game kind of player depending on different positions. Close um, the game out. Close the game out. You know you need a you need a outside back that can also play center mid and potentially get forward and score a goal off a free kick or something. Uh, he's he's kind of your guy there, right? And hey, he's a champion. He is. Yeah, and he's um, coming off lifting a trophy. Well, I think even a defensive when you, ten. And even when you go into. Brendan Aronson, like he's listed as a midfield, but Aronson, they can, you know, they're going to put him. He, it doesn't mean he's going to play midfield. Like, you got to open can, the game up and go into a 4 2 4. That's your player that you want to put in that four up top. Yeah. Um, And then the forwards, here's where obviously there's a, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of like nothing really stands, not, not that nothing stands out, but where the big question marks come in. His was Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Christian Pulisic. Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, Tim Weah, Haji Wright. Um, Christian Pulisic putting in a phone call to get his boy Haji Wright on the World Cup roster. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, listen, I think, I think, um, in the right context, Tim Weah can can go back to some different routes and uh, and go play up top instead of out wide, um, and and maybe change the game that perspective. But it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know a hundred percent. Um. You know, like it's so the it, question becomes, how do I get sergeant, my best? Is sergeant going to be the the answer, right? The question becomes, how do I get my best trio on the field at the same time? So it might not be. I think it might be more of a question um, of can you put the best eleven players on the field instead of like try to live in some sort of like standard cookie cutter. I need to play with, you know, three forwards or one number nine or this and that. Can I just put 11 players on the field that I think are the best 11 that I have and then kind of go from there, right? Like, and let it see if potentially it sorts itself out. You know, if it's five defenders instead of four, if it's one forward instead of three or it's two forwards or whatever the case is, you know. Because Pulisic knows how to score goals. I mean, granted, we're playing England and Wales. He knows how to score goals and it's that kind of competition. He is the nine. You start him as you're not. You give him the ball. You turn him into Kobe Bryant. Give him the ball. Just give him the ball. <laughs> yeah. Just give him the ball. Let him score goals. Yeah. If he doesn't score goals, take away his passport. <laughs> Run him back in the country. <laughs> Run him back in the country. Um. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, we're a week, we're almost a week away from the start of the World Cup. Um. With the youngest team, right? 
Are we the youngest team in the tournament? Potentially, yeah. Um, the U.S. Well, I mean, well, we can look at Spain in a second. Spain might rival that, you know, to a certain extent. Um, is the U.S. having any games before they? Are they having any, any friendlies before? No, they're just going straight into it, right? Because Argentina, yeah, Argentina, the MLS guys, I think, are already Emirates. over there. The MLS guys, I think, were training this morning. Um, and some other guys that don't have games this weekend. Okay. Um, all right. So let's let's talk about really quick. Let's talk about Spain because Spain released their um their their World Cup roster just today. Um, and there's some big names being left off the roster there. Right off the bat, two goalkeepers left off the roster. Uh, David David De Gea completely out, and then Kepa also out. Uh, oh, I mean, Kepa. games. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sergio Ramos out. Nacho Fernandez. Nacho's out. And Tiago Alcantara also out. What? Yeah. Tiago, Tiago? From Liverpool. Yeah, not in the like world. Tiago, that played for Bayern Munich, now plays for Liverpool, Tiago? Yeah, not, not on the roster. Hey, they the fix is in. So so the the goalkeepers there, Unai Simon, uh Robert Sanchez, uh David Raya. Obviously, Unai Simon will be the starter there. Uh, Danny Caravajal, Aspiliqueta, Eric Garcia, Guillemon, Pau Torres, uh Laporte, uh Jordi Alba back in, and then Gaia from Valencia. In the middle of the field, you got Busquets, Rodrigo, Gavi, Soler uh, from PSG, Marcos Llorente from Atletico Madrid, Pedri, Coque. And then up top, Ferran Torres, uh, Jeremy Pino, Alvaro Morata, Marco Asensio, Pedro Sarabia, Danny Olmo, Ansu Fati making into the World Cup. And then yeah. probably one of the bigger surprises was Nico Williams, Iñaki Williams' brother. So is uh, Luis Enrique still the head coach? Yes. Well, this will be the last three games we watch him coach for Spain. It's a really young squad. Young where you got Busquets, <laughs> Jordi Alba. I mean, you got you're you're going in with you're going in with Gavi, Pedri, Ansu Fati, Nico Williams, Ferran Torres. Those are all really young players. Busquets and Jordi Alba could be their parents. Yeah. Why are they still on the roster? Because you need some sort of experience. You need somebody that's been there before. You know? I don't know. Someone that's been there before from Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get some Barcelona teams in that game, uh, names in there. Um, so Sadio Mane is in the World Cup roster for Senegal. I read somewhere that they are potentially going to seek alternative medicinal efforts in order to get him ready to play for the World Cup. They better keep him out of Qatar while they're doing them alternative medicine efforts. No, so apparently <laughs> the alternative medicine efforts uh, are in the form of some sort of uh, ritual slash witchcraft. Uh, <laughs> so they are apparently saying that they're going to be able to heal him 
uh, through uh, not necessarily modern medicine, but more of a, you know, just some alternative, <laughs> some alternative methods. <laughs> uh, Whatever it takes. Whatever I, I guess, it takes. I guess so. Uh, I mean, it, it'll be really interesting. I'm I'm very very excited about the fact that the World Cup is is starting in in a week in two days so in nine days. Um, you know what I'm scared of. What are you scared of? That Gareth Bale scored that goal against the Philadelphia Union. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's got he's got he's got confidence. Yeah, he, he yeah. Now his, he's got he confidence. Now he's got confidence. So let's talk about the MLS playoffs or the final. Uh, a very exciting game. All three of us were watching. Oh, actually, no, all, two of us were watching the game. Dwayne was coaching while <laughs> the game was going on. Um, so, a, a very exciting, very exciting game, right? Um, probably one of the most memorable MLS Cups in a while. Uh, yeah, I would say without a doubt. Without a doubt. Really fun game overall. Um and unfortunate by the Philadelphia Union, you know, with with what happened. Um, Hold it up. You yeah, know, you know the interesting thing, and I I said this to you, Sebastian, before is just, you know, you watch the game, you're excited, you're a Union, and so certainly you're watching it with that with that frame of reference. But I was watching it, you know, with the whole family, you know, including the kids, and um, even though the result didn't go the way that you know we would want as as Union fans here, like being able to have conversations about what it meant with that goalkeeper, you know, with the changing in goalkeepers and then, um, you know, having conversations around, you know, the things that are bigger than the result. Right. So Delaney and Quinn and I, first of all, me explaining the whole red card situation and kind of how that, you know, drastically could have impacted the game with, yeah, you're playing a man down, but you saved probably an almost guaranteed goal late in the game you can play man down for 10 minutes, you get to PKs and, you know, now it's a coin flip again, but the conversation really then moved towards, you know, what's it mean for a, a backup goalkeeper, not a, just a backup player, right. But goalkeepers knowing that they, you know, if, if you're not in favor and you're the number two going into any single game, you usually can predict what the outcome of the game is going to be. You're going to be sitting right next to the coaching staff for 90 minutes. Like, that's what you've been kind of, you know, reserved to. So to come in in that moment and then not only be able to win a soccer game, but be able to win an MLS Cup and be the hero, you know, just when we talk about these things of, you know, bigger than soccer, like think about that moment aside from the result of the game, right? Somebody that's continued to stick it out, right? Released by the union, you know, anybody can have them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, spending the majority of the season again, right where you were before and then to come in in that moment, I mean, it's just, it's like storybook script. Right. Um, yeah. and so, but to be able to have a real conversation surrounding that and what it means, um, not so much to get the win, but to prove that, you know, good things come to those who wait. Right. Um, yeah. and in that moment, um, you know, that's what made it so cool to me, even though I, you know, I was devastated as a union fan, um, I had a weird premonition during the stoppage when <laughs> it was all going down. I said to to Elisa, he just gave LAFC a chance to win this game. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you couldn't predict what was going to happen over the next 10 minutes. 
Um, but you knew you knew it was most likely heading in that direction, right? Right. Yeah. That, like, I mean that that moment alone, um, you just had a feeling. Would Jim have parked the bus after they scored the goal? Did he have any subs left? I mean, what else can you do? Four, a block of three in front of the four, and just boot it. Would they have changed across? The Would they have the change across that, you know, Oscar? Yeah, a block of three in front of my four, yeah, instead of the just the one. Maybe they play that four four two diamond, but maybe. But then, do you you know are you are you? Then Philadelphia has always been you know the union's always been about the process. You know, does that change the process, or is that just a one time exception just to try to win a trophy? <laughs> win a trophy. I mean, it's the biggest trophy you can win. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I, it'll be interesting. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the union and can see if they can continue this. Well, they got a player leaving. Who? Paxton Aronson. Oh, yeah, Paxton Aronson. Yeah, but again, you had Brandon Aronson leave before and you were able to replace him and find a way to still get go back on top. And, you know, that you just rebuild and you, you know, you just hope that the foundations that you've created or, again, this process that you've created is has been, you know, it's the right one that you've done. So... Um, I don't know, man. Twenty-four matches, one goal, and leaving for four mil upsides there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, Kyle, have you in your coaching experience, especially at the collegiate level, have you ever have you ever had something similar happen, or the other one, have you ever you know in a PK shootout or something like that, switch your goalkeeper right before? Oh boy, I think I might have told you the story, but yes. So we um. We had a goalkeeper that was two-time goalkeeper of the year. Um, so it was the second year that he was going in, and we had a, a, another great goalkeeper, great goalkeeper, um, that, you know, on any given day you could argue, you know, could have been the number one, but just was maybe one step off or was game experience. And we, um, as we were preparing for our conference tournament, which is when we really start focusing on, you know, penalties, um, we had conversations. and I in my head with my assistant coach, we had made plans, you know, if we get into a, a PK shootout, you know, do we go, do we go with our number, with our number two with Eric? And so we spent a week leading up every single day, evaluating, 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 had conversations with both of them, be prepared for this. And uh, we did ultimately do it in a, in a conference final. Um, and, and we won, and we won the, the shootout. Um, and I'll be honest with you, it was, even with knowing in advance in that moment with three minutes left in the game, I was having conversations with my assistant. Like, do we actually do this or not? Right. You look like a genius. If it works out. If you don't, if it doesn't, you'll look. Yeah. <laughs> and especially when the award ceremony was before the game and you have the goalkeeper of the year. Yeah. Right. Like you got it. You got the plaque before the game. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, honestly, I feel like in that moment, either one of our goalkeepers, I trusted to do it. Um, but um, Eric was phenomenal at penalties. He was a great goalkeeper in general, but he was phenomenal at penalties. And uh, and so, yeah, a junior captain who was goalkeeper of the year was was pulled for a penalty shootout. So here's the yeah, part. I've done it. Here's here's the here's the scary part when you do that. What happens if you're trying to do it and the ball just doesn't go out and you and you can't do that? 
<laughs> not mentally, like it's not so much for you as a coach, but right. what did I do with the goalkeeper that was just there. Right. Not the guy that was about to go in, the guy that stole in. Right. Right. You gotta have a code. <laughs> like that's gonna be mentally difficult there. Right. Well, and the other one that we always grappled with was what if you have a goalkeeper that takes great penalties? Yeah. Do you have them take one? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I agree with you, except for what if the shootout's going very, very well from a defensive standpoint and they step up for their penalty and they miss their penalty, but they've been doing great on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I got it. Right? I mean, again, there's two ways you can put it in their own hands. Be like, go score your own goal and help yourself out. But what if they're three for three on saves and they step up, miss their penalty, and now they got to go back and make another save? Well, good thing now that rule has changed. You don't have to submit your entire list with an order. The players can pick their order right on the field. Yeah, yeah we could. Yeah, we could do that. Oh, you could. Yeah. So we the order you didn't have to submit the order. It's just whatever order they went in. If you got to the, you had to get through to the back ten, to the, back and then the you way. could actually change the order after the ten. Oh, okay. If you got past there, um, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So, um, shooters going to shoot, man. Shooters going to shoot. So, in another final in Argentina, and this became this this uh, this hit the world news. Um, I also oh, those red to, cards. Yeah, I, I want to provide some context for this because I feel nah, like, I don't. Uh, there is no context, man. It's one hundred percent context. There was fifteen red cards in the game. No, 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 no. no. There's, there's some context <laughs> here. After so, the ninetieth minute, there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine red cards after the ninetieth minute yeah fair enough but um but i still would like to provide some context and one goal <laughs> because i like to provide some context because i feel like it's it's been treated unfairly saying that like you know boga juniors can blah, blah 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 the argentinian league is terrible and all this other stuff um like that's all i've seen is like oh look at this referee how he's amazing who he's been able to handle throwing out 11 players so he, he you know, you can't really. Can you count guys that weren't on the field as being thrown out? Yeah, I mean, PK he, got thrown out, and we count him as being thrown out. I know, life. but like, but that doesn't like, but that's what I want to provide the context. It wasn't like there was a there was like a massive fight or something happened where eleven players got thrown out. There were some issues. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was the so uh, the way the Argentinians. Well, you guys had the more players get thrown out, so. So the way the Argentinian soccer works is kind of weird. So basically, uh, there's two tournaments in Argentina. If you win both tournaments, or if you the winners of the two tournaments end up playing in the final, it play a final, play a final at the end of the year called the the Tournament of Champions, uh, or the Trophy of Champions, Champions Trophy, whatever. Well, Boca won both both leagues this year, first half of the year, second half of the year. You won both. So who is the, you know, who do you play against? You can't play against yourself. Um, so they decided to let the two second team, second place teams play a semifinal to then get to the final. Um, they shouldn't so, have played that game at all. Huh? After looking back at it, they shouldn't have played the game. That's, that's my point. Um, so, you know, Boca goes up one nothing, then Racing ties. Then the second half, uh, two players get into an argument. Two Colombian players get into an argument and like throw hands a little bit, and they both get thrown out. Uh, so both teams are down to ten. Now we go into extra time because the, the score is tied one-one. Um, and uh, and then Boca loses. 
another player on a double yellow. Loses their coach. So Boca's playing with nine. The other team's playing with 10. And then the other team scores a goal with three minutes left in the game, in the overtime period. Um, the guy that scores the goal is on a yellow, takes off his jersey, and in front of the and stands in front of the Boca crowd and just like looks at them and like taunts them a little bit. Boca players started going after him, started pulling his ear for whatever reason. Like that's <laughs> that was let's go back to the first goal. What about the first goal? Handball. Roll Which all the way down his arm. Handball. Which one? One for Boca. Nah, man. There was also a handball that didn't get called for Boca Juniors. No VAR. VAR didn't go review it. Handball. Nah, bro. We're going to start off there. No, no, no. All of a sudden, now you're in Argentina. Technically forfeited the game because you didn't have enough players on the field. <laughs> well, so that was the issue, right? So, all right. So, so within that moment, two players get thrown out for Boca. One that was on the field, one that was off the field. And the guy that uh, took his jersey off. That's had scored the goal. Gets thrown out because he gets another yellow. Actually, he didn't get a yellow. He got straight red. Uh, so now we're down to eight versus uh, eight field players versus nine field players. Uh, plus the coach, Boca Juniors coach, had gotten thrown out, and one of the substitutes, you know, that was on the bench, got thrown out. Frank Fabra, who is the left back for Boca Juniors, was from Colombia, picks up a kind of a silly yellow card. Uh, that was the second yellow. Boom, gets thrown out. We're down to seven. <laughs> so now, for whatever reason, he got two, he he has a two game suspension for a double yellow, which makes no sense. Um, so as that's happening, oh, uh, Varela, man, what the heck? <laughs> you couldn't see him. You couldn't see him. You can't. Dude, see there's where no did his foot land? There's no see. There's no, no way you can see him. There's no way you can see him. That's an unfortunate yellow card. That's ill intent. There, no, this you don't see him. You're trying to strike the ball. This guy goes right in front of him. That's a high kick. I guess that doesn't exist. No, only I'm, in America. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it was a bad. It was, but the, like, there was no. There was no bad intent there. It is ill intent. No, nah, you might as well share your screen so that way Kyle can see what you're talking about. Because now we're <laughs> Kyle's always trying to get me to share. Yo, this is crazy. Kyle, yeah, yeah. This is this was my this was my Sunday yesterday last week, man. After my games, um. So as, you know, the seventh player or as, uh, you know, the other player gets thrown out, uh, the Boca Juniors number nine decides to uh, decides to make a make a gesture with his hands that he uh, that, you know, people were getting paid off. You know, he did the old like palm and palm and fist. Yeah. Um, so the replay camera showed it. And then um, the VAR called the center referee. Center referee went and looked at it, and uh, <laughs> and now gets thrown out for that. And then uh, so yeah, the game's over with like five minutes left or four minutes left. You guys are uh, ridiculous, man. What are you gonna do, man? Like this- he pulled his ear. They threw the ball at him. <laughs> they did. They, throw they ball just defended. Maybe if they defended better, they wouldn't have these issues. I mean, this is that different? Is that any different than the than the Gareth Bale goal? I mean, you know. Um, so yeah, so it was you know it's tough. It was it was it's just you know it's one of those things that happen. It looks like a look at this. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
This is my best part though. The, so Fabra like throws the armband at him and then like goes back and doubles down on him. Um so yeah, I mean you know, good old Argentinian Argentinian football, man. Like that's just you know, it's where we are. Yeah, it's an eventful afternoon. Yeah, man. Um that's how we that's how we roll. <laughs> um oh, so, yeah. no. <laughs> If I think I'm the manager of that game. I just hit the. I just get myself ejected. And I don't have to deal with the madness going on the field. Well, he did. Boca Juniors, the Boca Juniors coach, got th- gotten thrown out already. Yeah, because obviously he had no control over the team. They had no control over each other. No, nah, it was it was bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Now you guys are going to be calling in youth players to play your next match. Now nah, we're good. We got a big. We got we got a we got a big roster. Yeah, you got big. Yeah, big enough that ten players got red cards. <laughs> Um, I mean, the other team got thrown out. You know, had three players get thrown out. Too. Three. You know, it's, and one of them was because of your player. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, player of the match. Should we move on? Yeah. What's this referee's name? <laughs> My player of the match, Facundo Teo. Yeah, there you go for keeping his composure, man. Keeping the game. I don't even know if he kept the game under control. That's what I'm saying. Like, what did he do right? Got your players out of there. <laughs> he, got the, he got that bag of money sitting in his uh, back of his car. That's my point. See, see. Mm-hmm. Hey, he, that ODP money. He needed some new shirts. <laughs> um, <New flags. laughs> um, yeah. Is that your player of the match? What player of the match? All right. Fair enough. Uh, Kyle, do you have a player of the match? You want to? I was that? not prepared with a player of the match. All right. I'm going to. Oh, Syracuse won. Oh, we, oh, man, look at you coming in. We Saw the game on ESPNU. Yeah, no, I, I will give one then. Um, this is a tough one. Not a tough one, but just an interesting. So um, Syracuse wins in the ACC semifinal. And I've always, I've always thought about this as a coach as well. Um, and Giorgio Kachevsky scores a PK in regulation. So he takes a PK in the game, and then they go to a PK shootout. He's by far, in my opinion, probably their best penalty taker. He takes the majority of theirs. And they put him in for a second one in the shootout. What do you do as a coach there? He's my player of the match. He buried both. And the second one he made in the shootout was the keeper guessed right and and got a jump on it. So what do you do as a coach when you got your best guy? And what do you do as the PK taker when do you go to your spot or do you mix it up? Like, how do you handle that? You You put him in the clutch, put him at the three or the four spot, put him in the clutch. Yeah, I don't remember what number he was. I would have to look. Um, you put him in the clutch, and you just you let you don't put him first, right? You let everybody else shoot, and that way, if you need it, you got your guy right here. You let him. Does he shoot the same way though? He did. Um, in both of them. I mean, honestly, the decision. Keeper, the keeper did well on both. Um, but the the penalty that he took in the in the shootout, um, he got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was really well taken. Yeah, um, put ice in his veins to take the shot. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. It's just as what if you're him? Do you go to your same spot? Hey, you want to? It's you to. Um, it's up to you to you know submit your legacy. You want to be <laughs> the guy you want. You want the. You want to be the guy named after you. You want to be the guy. You want the field named after you. The locker room named after you. Or you just want to be. The guy that missed that PK when we were the best team in the nation. <laughs> um, um, so he, he went second, I guess. 
He went second, converted. Um, all right. My player of the match, uh, my player of the match goes out uh to Qatar. Uh because not not to Qatar the country, to the to the people of Qatar. Uh because so thank far, you for clarifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, want, <laughs> I want to clarify that before I get canceled. Uh um, let me clarify that. Uh to the people of Qatar, because um so far from what I've seen in the international in the coverage of the World Cup leading up to it, today there was a parade. There was a bunch of people wearing Argentina jerseys that weren't Argentinian Argentinians. There was also a bunch of people that were wearing England jerseys that most of them were not in British, uh running around the streets like doing a little parade, uh, waving flags and stuff like that. So people are pumped up. People are pumped up and excited for this World Cup. Is that allowed? What? Guitar. I guess so. Hopefully they weren't intoxicated. No. Uh, by the way, fifteen bucks a beer in Qatar. Yeah, and, and you're around, and, and, and you got to stay in the zone. <laughs> you got to stay in the in the in the fan zones or in the specific restaurants that are allowed to sell beer. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting World Cup. Heineken Zero, baby. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting when you see that one fan absolutely sloshed in the stands, <laughs> and then you see him getting like carried out, <laughs> and then you see the GoFundMe pop up. Because yeah, I mean that guy's gonna be broke after 15 bucks a beer. Uh yeah. yeah you know they're gonna put that bill at like a million dollars. That's the other thing they started doing. They did start raising the prices on a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, my play, my fair play of the week or my player of the match goes out to not necessarily the country, but more of the the people that are that are, you know, embracing the the World Cup. So we need to get ready for Philly, man. We gotta get a restaurant or something. You wanna buy a restaurant? Just for the just for the World Cup and then go out of business. <laughs> I don't need it after the after the World Cup. That's that sound I mean, just charge like sounds sounds great. Bucks for like a six ounce steak. Just who's, a steak. Who's eating who's eating steak at the World Cup though? Yeah. All right, I can charge thirty dollars for a burger. I mean, you're better off that, yeah. Burger yeah, and burrito. It's gonna, it's gonna be a frozen patty from Sam's Club on my grill. Either <laughs> <laughs> that or some meatballs. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> we just go to the liquor store now and buy some cases of beer and start selling them for ten bucks a pop. <laughs> just you know, meatballs and peanuts are all around. Yep. <laughs> Bad combination. Bad combination. Call it the, uh, the grave slam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, all right. On this day in soccer history, November eleventh, um, uh, twenty fifteen. By the way, before before we do that, um, let's let's also recognize that today is Veterans Day. Uh, so you know, big thank you to all the veterans out in the out in the world and all the people that have served in the military, uh, in the U.S. Um, all right. On this day in soccer history. Uh, well, before on this day in soccer history, uh, speaking of, of history in the world or history of our lives or what's coming for in our lives, uh, Duane, Kyle, did you know that Duane and I have, have something that's going on in January? In January? Yeah. So Duane and I are super excited because we're going to be part of the podcast show at the 2023 United oh, yeah. States Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. 
So you tried to trick me because I did know that, but then you gave me that look like it was something uh, I didn't know. The, <laughs> from January 11th to the 15th, the convention is the ultimate event for soccer coaches, administrators, and fans of the beautiful game. Ignite your passion through captivating presentations, on-field demonstrations, exhibits, and networking events for any coaches, whether you're attending alone or bringing the whole coaching staff. There's no better place for soccer coaches to learn, network, and experience the latest trends in soccer education. Visit United Soccer Coaches convention.org to register come join us as we celebrate our passion for the beautiful game uh i will say that the schedule is out for the convention yep. uh schedules out uh so make sure you go check that out we're going to be at podcast show we're super excited uh to be there all right on this day in soccer history uh november 11th 2015 so not super far away uh georgia the country of georgia played their 200th game ever as a national team. Hmm. Uh, played against Estonia uh, on November 15th. Um, it was a friendly. Uh, normally around this time of the year, we're in a non-World Cup year. This is the time of the year where we where we have FIFA windows. Played against Estonia, lost 3-0. Um, but it was their 200th game. So, something different. So, there you go. congratulations to the country of Georgia. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Um, who I believe didn't do so hot in the qualifiers for the Euros. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, or for the, the in the conference league. Um, all right. Fair play of the week. Uh, my fair play of the week uh, this week is going to go out to Dwayne and Kyle and all the volunteers and board members that helped out at 3v3 because uh, it was a great event. All the referees, uh, basically anybody that participated in the 3v3 tournament as a uh, some sort of person that was responsible for something. Um, thank you, because it was uh, it was it was a really, really cool event. So so thanks. Thanks to all of you. So that's my fair play of the week. Do I go next? I'm you jumping next. In I was going to just dead out that we took mine. So no. thanks everybody. There you go. Sure I said I was going. Nice. Big no. oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> are you in the middle of the podcast now? I was trying to be nice. Mine actually goes out to the two guys that I'm on this podcast with, uh, Coach Sebastian, Coach Dwayne, for uh, their help. Uh, one of the responsibilities I have with the club is is the fields and, and lining. And we had an unforeseen um situation right before 3v3 so it's again you go back to if something's going to go wrong it's always going to go wrong at the worst time so we're very fortunate to have an autonomous robot that helps with my job of painting the fields and when it's working it's miraculous and the best thing that anybody could ask for if, if that's what you're doing is lining fields and if it's not working you quickly realize how lucky you are to have it um yeah. and then you and then you pivot and figure it out. So we were getting ready for 3v3 and we had some uh, some issues with the robot that we didn't know if we're going to be able to be addressed in a timely fashion. So, uh, you know, Sebastian and Dwayne came out and we went old school with string and measuring lines and spray cans and and, and made sure that we were able to hold the event um, until we could get the, the robot back up and running. So, um, again, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning of the podcast. You don't play soccer um you know on saturdays without a lot of other things so i was super appreciative of that sebastian knows i was very stressed on 
Wednesday and Thursday leading up how we're going to do this. And ultimately it worked out. We were able to get things lined and have some laughs along the way. Um, yeah. So, oh, and I forgot Maggie was with us. So yeah, shout out to Maggie for, uh, for keeping us all in line and making sure that we were, we were good to go. Yeah. Um, but it is amazing that, um, so basically I think we got about half the fields done and then we got the great news that the part had arrived. And, you know, when I think back to not only the time, but just the, the mental effort to, you know, figure out doing those things, then all of a sudden the robots fixed and, um, it lines I, in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, well, it, then, but immediately the stress was gone. And I remember saying, I was like, all right, guys, we're going to let that thing keep charged and I'll come back and I'll, you know, wrap this up. And it was literally when I got it going, I sent a message. I was like, all right, it'll be done in 36 minutes. Um, yeah. you know, and, um, so it is amazing, but it is, it is interesting to go back and, and, and do things kind of, you know, um, the old school way and realize like, you know, this yeah. is, and it, I, I think it brings an appreciation to what we, you know, what we were able to have. As I've, I've always said this to me, it's very hard to call yourself a soccer coach or soccer professional if you've never lined a field. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you have, have to do it the old school way. You have to go through that experience at some point in your life. You just have <laughs> to. You have to. It's it's a rite of passage. You have to line a field at some point with the old string and string and measuring tape. Yep. Um, you got it. You got to do it. Yep. And every once in a while, it's nice to bring it back. Um, it's yeah. nice to bring it back. And I mean, we were doing tiny little. Well, it's not used to that kind of thing, you know. But it's not bad. Every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's good times. Um. All right. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on today. It was it was really it was really a good time. Um. I mean, at this point, I mean, you're more than welcome to join anytime, obviously. But, uh, all of our our sites are set on uh, the World Cup now. Um. And Falston this weekend. And Falston this weekend. Yeah, we and have tournaments. Delco we got, this weekend. We've got, we got tournaments coming up, but I'm talking about like worldwide where our sites are set on the World Cup. That is what we're going to talk about uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we still, Dwayne, by the way, you, you and I need to brainstorm at some point. We need to figure out what's going to happen when I leave uh, for Argentina. So um, we need to figure that out. Um, but, you know, it's only a couple weeks that we got to sort out. But, uh, you know, with the World Cup going on and stuff like that, we need to we need to figure something out. But sounds like a plan. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.